Brown Girl Radiance celebrates the brilliance of women of color through reflective conversations and stories. I'm your host, Pure Brown Joy. Hello, my friends. I just wanted to stay connected with you as we are preparing to start recording season two. I wanted to just give you some updates about what's been happening with me over the summer and also share with you something that really inspired me. So I've heard the term hot girl summer, but I like to say that I've been having a brown girl summer. I was on vacation for two weeks and during that time I visited New York City, Philly for my family reunion, Atlantic City, and then also Maryland and D.C. Now, New York is always fun, especially just like being a tourist. So this time around, um, I did a double-decker bus with my parents and my aunt and just had a blast. We were only there a couple days. Um, And then in Philly for our family reunion, um, I really enjoyed exploring the city with my family. There's just so much rich history there. Um, There was also a special Marvel exhibit at one of the museums called the Franklin Institute. Um, And this particular exhibit is only going to be there for a limited time. Um, But it was very captivating. I mean, they did an outstanding job really um, giving you the behind the scenes on really the collection of Marvel characters. Now, I spent a lot of time in the Black Panther section, naturally, um, but the collections and costumes and the comic sketches and other um, interactive elements for all of the Marvel movies and comics and characters was really um, amazing. Now, in D.C., I was able to cross a couple things off my must-do list. So I... First of all, I got to ride a bike in D.C. It was so much fun. Um, And then I also got to spend two days at the National Museum of African American History and Culture, where uh, their hashtag and their tagline is, A People's Journey, A Nation's Story. Now, all the facets and nuances of African American history um, were were told so beautifully. It felt like, you know, our story was actually being told correctly. Um, I like to say it was Wakanda times a thousand, and I really felt at home there. Now, one of my favorite experiences um, that I did actually on both days that I was there was viewing a short film. Um, It's about 25 minutes long called August 28th, A Day in the Life of People. And it was directed by Ava DuVernay, who is just a queen. Um, So basically what she did, she researched six different events in history that have been influential to the African-American experience that all occurred on August 28th. So I'll quickly just kind of go over what these six events were, and then I'll talk a little bit more about this film. So in chronological order, the the six events that were highlighted were first the Slavery Abolition Act of 1833, which was passed as the precursor to the Emancipation Proclamation. Um, The death of Emmett Till took place 
August 28, 1955. Please, Mr. Postman by the Marvelettes was the first number one hit for Motown Records on August 28, 1961. The I Have a Dream speech by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. um, that he shared during the March on Washington on August 28, 1963. The devastating events of Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans, Louisiana, took place on August 28th in 2005. And then finally, Barack Obama accepted the Democratic nomination for president on August 28th in 2008. Now, um, what she does in this film is she uses uh, different scenes that display like an aspect of that historical day with like famous actors and actresses. Now the most um, beautiful part of the film to me is the dialogue between the characters, which are all excerpts from literary works of various African-American authors. So one of my um, favorite scenes is when President Barack Obama was accepting the Democratic nomination for president. In this scene, we have Lupita Nyong'o and Michael Ely as a couple who are watching him accept the nomination on television with their daughter. And the dialogue is from On the Pulse of Mourning by Maya Angelou, which is the poem that she read at Bill Clinton's inauguration. I remember seeing... Maya Angelou read that poem on TV when I was in elementary school, but when I heard the lyrics again as an adult, it really like resonated with me um, differently. Another scene that I loved is uh, Angela Bassett and um, an actor who you've probably seen in in different um, works here and there. His name is Andre Holland. They were spectators. Um, at the March on Washington right before Martin Luther King Jr. delivered the I Have a Dream speech. And their entire dialogue is excerpts from Zora Neale Hurston's autobiography, Dust Tracks on a Road. And again, like the whole film, it was just such beautiful, multidimensional storytelling. Um, And so if you uh, have a chance to visit the museum, then I definitely encourage you to check out this beautiful, beautiful film. You will not be uh, disappointed. I also want to talk a little bit about other aspects of um, the museum, which is just, again, so, so beautifully done. Um, It's four floors full of resilience, strength, and excellence. Literally every five minutes, I wanted to sing, lift every voice and sing. Uh, some of the items that you can find there, um, Harriet Tubman's hymn book, as well as a shawl that was given to her by Queen Victoria. You can also um, see Nat Turner's Bible. Um, There was a beautiful statue um, of a woman who I learned about. Her name is Elizabeth Freeman, and she was born into slavery, um, but then she was also one of the first people able to receive her freedom through a lawsuit. Um, And Basically, her courage led to the end of slavery in the state of Massachusetts. So definitely got to go there, check that out, and learn a little bit more about her story. Um, And just overall, 
I would say that the slavery portion of the museum is just so powerful. I mean, when you see shackles from the 1800s, it moves you. And as you move throughout uh, the museum, it celebrates everything about African-American culture. Um, There was a portion of the exhibit that highlighted the phrase, black is beautiful, and how that phrase and imagery emerged in the 1960s um, with beautiful brown women wearing afros um, and being proud of of our legacy and our heritage. Um, Also, they had information about Shirley Chisholm, um, Venus and Serena Williams, um, Ida B. Wells, uh, who actually wrote a book about anti-lynching. And honestly, when, uh, when I think about the work that Ida B. Wells did and I read about it at the museum, I think that Ava DuVernay is like a modern Ida B. Wells because of the way that she, um, again, brought the, the true story alive, um, in the, in the, uh, in the Netflix uh, production, When They See Us. Uh, Just to give a shout out to my hometown, Nashville, Tennessee, uh, which is where my parents uh, went to college at Tennessee State University. Um, They also had uniforms of the uh, Olympic gold medalist of the Tennessee State Tiger Bells um, and Wilma Rudolph. They had one of Gabby Douglas's uh, costumes from the 2012 Olympics when she made so much history there. Um, another really cool Olympic element that they included um, was this incredible statue um, that was um, the 1968 Olympics podium with Tommy Smith and John Carlos who were doing the Black Power salute with the black glove. And so, you know, when you think about courageous acts like that, I feel like that is kind of what one of those actions you could say, or parts of our history that I think really helped to empower someone like a Colin Kaepernick to kneel during the national anthem. Um, There was also an area called the court of contemplation, which is outside. Like once you go through uh, the first level of the museum, which by the way, different people say you should start at the top, you should start at the bottom. You can start wherever you would like. Um, But when you get through with the, essentially the first exhibit, um, which is, goes, you know, from like slavery to just our progression and, um, and really just celebrating all these different dimensions of who we are. um, There is a court of contemplation. It's this beautiful, like fountains, very serene, um, all I can say is definitely put that on your list as well to, to just go and sit in there for a few minutes. It's, I mean, I've never seen anything like it. Um, so again, there's just so much to do at the museum. Um, you know, I, I think if you're a person who, um, is kind of a nerd like myself and you want to read everything, then one day might not be enough, uh, for you, but if you're someone who just kind of likes to uh, just kind of take in the the different images and the different displays, um, then you're probably okay to you know to just take the day there. There's also a really nice app 
um, that the museum has, and you can download that at any time. Another really um, beautiful museum uh, that I went to in D.C. was uh, the Museum of the Bible. And, um, again, just the, the rich storytelling that they had there. Um, I, to be honest, I wish I would have had another day there as well, but what I saw was really cool. Um, they had a special exhibit, um, with slave Bibles and, um, and I learned that actually 90% of the old Testament was left out, um, of the slave Bible and 50% of the new Testament was left out of the slave Bible. So, just um, really interesting to see. They also explored um, the Bible in terms of how it was incorporated into pop culture, sometimes hidden in plain sight. It dealt with many different dimensions of the Bible, including um, how it's been used in different cultures around the world and in science. The Museum of the Bible also had a beautiful rooftop garden and an incredible view of the city. Um, there were also immersive elements inside the museum, like a walk through the New Testament that was really cool and very high tech. Um, the museum has only been opened about two years, and I definitely suggest that you add it to your list. I mentioned on the previous bonus episode that I recently attended an amazing conference called the Podcast Movement. And it really left me inspired by all of the captivating people and podcasters that I met. And I wanted to attend the conference before I started recording season two. And I'm really excited about it. So just to give you a little something to look forward to, uh, during season two, we will be doing uh, Michelle Obama Becoming Book Club and just having great conversations around um, around this book. And um, so if you haven't had a chance to read it yet, I would encourage you to either read it or finish reading it um, or listen to it on um, an audible uh, platform of your choice. And finally, again, I just want to thank you all so much for your support. And um, please make sure you get at least one friend to subscribe to Brown Girl Radiance podcast so that we can continue to celebrate and shine together. So feel free to send me an email or hit me up on Instagram at Brown Girl Radiance Podcast on Instagram as well as at Gmail. And also, um, please make sure you ask at least one friend to subscribe to the podcast on the multiple platforms. Brown Girl Radiance Podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio app, as well as CastBox.